when it'll be, he doesn't know himself, it'll be at an ordinary time when suddenly the judgment will come and, you know, you have two people that are just, you know, doing something right together and one of them will be, you know, taken uh, by the destruction and the other one will be left in security or maybe vice versa, but the idea there'll be a separation. You know, and it'll just come suddenly. You know, there won't be advance warning. It won't be an unusual period of time. It'll just be everything going along normally, and suddenly the separation occurs. So, as a result of that, he's got some practical advice for us. 42 to 44. Therefore, be on the alert, <clears throat> for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not allow his house to be broken into. For this reason, you be ready too. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour when you do not think he will. So Jesus' practical lesson is? <clears throat> be ready all the time. Always be ready. And he uses the illustration of the thief. If you are people who customarily lock your house, when do you lock your house? Always. Why? Because you're not there. Or you are there. Well, do you know that if you didn't lock your house today, the thief would come? So why lock your house today? Yeah, that's the thing. When you don't know when he might come, then you always lock the house because it'd be just your luck to not lock it the day he came. So if you're going to lock it, you'll always lock it uh, so that you're always prepared. We are always to be ready for the Lord's return. What will that take? Well, it means we've got to live right. We've got to be spiritually ready, spiritually in a right relationship with God all the time, or else what if he comes back at the very time we are prepared? Comments and questions? about this faithful slave and what is the faithful slave doing? Feeding everybody? Yes. In other words, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, he's doing his job. He's not sitting by the window watching for the master to come back. He is faithfully fulfilling the responsibilities that he's had. And if he's faithfully doing what he's supposed to do, then he's ready for the master to come back. Uh, well, what about the evil slave? What does he do? He mistreats everybody and just does whatever he wants. Yes, and why does he do that? He's, he's gambling. He's guessing that the master's not coming. For I don't think he's coming. I can treat other slaves any way I want to. And so he uh, is selfish and irresponsible at the expense of his fellow slaves, uh, takes advantage of them, 
and so forth, starts beating them, you know, eating and drinking with drunkards. And you let a guy start, you know, doing that, what's inevitably going to happen? Master comes back. The master will come back. And he'll catch you at one of those many hours <laughs> in which you're being irresponsible. And what will happen to that slave? How badly? Yeah. You know, a place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, just kind of a uh, symbol of great distress. You know, this will be a horrible thing. So, what kind of slave are we going to be? Are we going to be a responsible slave that's working hard and doing our job when the Lord returns? Or are we going to be abusing the other slaves and being, you know, immature and selfish when the Lord returns? Comments or questions? Why does he use that language, the weeping and gnashing of teeth? Well, I think it's just kind of a symbol of anguish. You know, I mean, weeping, obviously, is that, you know, we cry when we're upset. Gnashing of teeth is like, oh, so have you ever had anything so painful? You gritted your teeth so, so bad. I think that's the idea. Is it, is it supposed to uh, make you think of hell in this as the in the as the idea or yes. is this the parable just a a bad punishment or well that almost merges into the same i don't know how much he's specifically thinking of hell but that is are there other ones that use that that are more specifically talking about hell or yes. are they all in parabolic <laughs> form that's the so ski do i that's the so um, Parabolic. <laughs> Parabolic? Parabolism. Well... It's not working. Yeah, how about 2530? Anyone? <laughs> he identifies it with the outer darkness. That's probably a pretty good sign to tell. But again, he's talking about the slave, and, and that's in a parable. Right. As, so all of them are in other settings to start with, not not just talking about plainly heaven and hell was the question. Not that I disagree that that's what it makes us think of, or that it shouldn't should make it. You know. Well, here's one. I mean, I don't know if eight twelve Matthew eight twelve is really uh, a parable. I mean, and then the other one, looking at this literally, cuts him in pieces and then assigns him into this place, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it, it's clearly a symbolic kind of thing. I mean, it's just a terrible place, a place of anguish and torment. So I, maybe what that is the question, would that have had some other meaning to them that, you know what I'm saying, why, why use that terminology I don't see anywhere else, or, or what... What exactly is the... It may have been an idiom for them. I don't know. Okay. It certainly represents a bad punishment, and I can see that. And then the parallelism to heaven and hell, you know, can't be denied, but it just seems like a funny choice of words to represent that. Well, I mean, he's just trying to show how bad it is, you know. The weeping and gnashing of teeth, you don't want to be there. What about the other one, the, where the worm never dies or yeah, something? Yeah, Mark 9. Is that the, is that the same s use in the parable? 
How are you being deceived? Is it you being used in a parable? No. Okay, that's a different. I mean, it, it, it's symbolic language, but it's not a parable. So what he's talking about, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, or your eye will okay. it out. So it's not, not really a parable exactly, but it's very figurative. Right. Okay. All right, other thoughts? Well, he goes on to teach three more extended parables that really relate to his return. I say three parables, maybe two parables and something else. But anyway, this one's a parable. 25 verses 1 to 